Time now for King's Talk. Oh, it's sported between the pads. Where you, the listeners, call in with your comments and questions after every King's game. Tell us what's on your mind. Call us at 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. We'll also take a look at the stars of the game, game highlights, and the out-of-town scoreboard. It's time for King's Talk, right here on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. Final score from Rogers Place at Edmonton, Alberta. Your LA Kings 2, the Oilers 4. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind. Call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. Not sure if you can tell from the tone of my voice, but uh, that was what I would consider to be a disappointing loss on the road to a team the Kings entered the game uh, tied with for uh, third place in the Pacific Division as well as first place in the wildcard standings. Let's take a look at the three stars of the game from Edmonton, from Rogers Place. The third star of the game from the Oilers, Stuart Skinner. He stopped 38 of 40 shots for a 950 save percentage. And I got to tell you, frankly, I was not aware until just this moment that the Kings took 40 shots in that game. I know that they had the lead most of the way through the game. 14 shots on goal in the third, 15 shots on goal in the second, 11 shots on goal in the first. But frankly, I can't think of any of the 14 shots on goal in the third period that I would consider to be um, really good scoring chances for your LA Kings. Stuart Skinner, the third star of the game. The second star of the game... No surprise from the Edmonton Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl. He just seems to have the uh, Kings numbers and comes up in in moments when, uh, as a Kings fan, you obviously really don't want him to. A goal and assist, two points plus one in 20 minutes, five seconds of ice time. The number one, sorry, the number two star of the game from Edmonton, Leon Dreisaitl. And the number one star of the game, Evan Bouchard, also from the Edmonton Oilers. A goal and an assist, two points, a plus one. Two penalty minutes, three shots on goals in 21 minutes, 27 seconds of ice time. He had uh, the second highest amount of ice time for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Kings uh, open up a lead in the first period. A wonderful play from Quentin Byfield gets Trevor Moore his 22nd goal, pardon me, of the season. Uh, And then with about 30 seconds left in the period, a simple mistake Made in the defensive zone is a turnover. Connor McDavid to Zach Hyman. The game is tied. In the second period, Alex Laferriere gets his eighth goal of the season from Andre Kopitar on a nice entry from Matt Roy. A really, really impressive move from Matt Roy. And then about oh, six minutes left in the second period on the power play, Leon Dreisaitl with a deflection out front from Evan Bouchard, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And then it was all Edmonton in the third period. Bouchard from Dreisaitl and McDavid, and then Nugent Hopkins from Brown and Yanmark. And that is your final score, Edmonton 4, Kings 2. Kings fall to 6-3 and three under head coach Jim Hiller. That is not terrible. That's still a winning record. Uh, and in the standings, they don't lose any ground tonight. The only other team playing tonight that would have any effect at all on the standings was uh, the Seattle Kraken. They lost, excuse me, they are currently losing to the Bruins 3-2 to in the third period. The Stars lost to the Islanders in overtime. 
And as of right now, looking at the standings uh, for the wild card and the Pacific Division, the Edmonton Oilers with 70 points, one point behind the Vegas Golden Knights. That is second and third in the Pacific Division. The Kings still first in the wild card standings with 68 points. The Predators two points behind them with 66, but the Kings have two games in hand on Nashville. They have both, excuse me, the Kings and Blues have both played 57 games now, uh, but the Kings have a six-point lead over the St. Louis Blues. So just looking at the standings, the Kings still in tremendous uh, shape when it comes to making the playoffs. However, as the game was winding down, it appeared that Adrian Kempe uh, was injured in some way. We don't obviously know what happened. He left the ice, went down to the bench. Now, there was not much time left in the game at all, so unclear if his decision or if the team's decision to have him go to the locker room had anything to do with how much time was left or if it was related to the severity of the injury. He did take himself immediately off the ice. Uh, it looked as if he fell awkwardly. Not sure what's going on there. I'm sure we won't have any concrete information about that tonight. We may have to wait and see if he's available tomorrow when the LA Kings take on the Calgary Flames in Calgary. Calgary seven points behind the Kings in the wild card standings, but the Kings have a game in hand on Calgary. But Calgary seven three and zero in their last ten, same as LA seven three and zero in their last ten, and as I said, six and three under head coach Jim Hiller. Part of the reason that uh, my tone is so down and that this game was so uh, ups- uh, disappointing um, was that third period. Uh, performance by the Edmonton Oilers. The Kings uh, had strung together a number of games where they had reversed some of the trends that saw them lose a tremendous amount of games in December and January. And tonight seemed to be a bit of a return to those trends. They gave up two leads in this game and then in the third period uh, allowed their opponent to uh, outplay them despite uh, the statistics that uh, suggest that the Kings outshot the Edmonton Oilers 14-12 to in that third period. Hits, the LA Kings 38, the Edmonton Oilers 33. Block shots, the LA Kings 15, the Edmonton Oilers 10. Uh, not a ton of penalties in this game, but just enough to give the Edmonton Oilers that one power play opportunity in the second period that resulted in a tie game. Again, you are listening to Kings Talk. With me, your host, Jesse Cohen, call in 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. Want to hear what you thought of the game, because uh, I think it's fairly clear what I thought of the game. But listen, I'm not always right. Um, I'm frequently wrong, in fact. So if you have any thoughts or questions or concerns, uh, obviously, Kings fans as a whole will be monitoring the status of Adrian Kempe. Because at the moment, the Kings are without the services of Carl Grundstrom, Victor Arvidsson, and Mikey Anderson. A loss of Adrian Kempe for any significant amount of time would be a steep hill to climb for a team that's already dealing with injury problems. We are going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll dive into some numbers, perhaps take some of your calls. Kings lose 4-2 to the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to L.A. Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the L.A. Kings iHeart Audio Network. 
Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. Final score from Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, your LA Kings 2, the Oilers 4. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind. Call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. Again, the three stars of the game, all coming from the Edmonton Oilers. Third star, Stuart Skinner. Second star, Leon Dreisaitl. First star, Evan Bouchard. For your LA Kings, two goal scorers in the game tonight, Alex Laferriere and Trevor Moore, both of them benefiting from a strong assist from a teammate, Trevor Moore, getting a nice pass from Quentin Byfield. And uh, Alex Laferriere benefiting not only from a nice pass from Andre Kopitar, but also a slick zone entry from Matt Roy. The goal's Moore, his 22nd, Laferriere, his 8th. And I do want to talk about the line combinations because when Jim Hiller took over for head coach Todd McClellan, there was a lot of line shuffling right away. Um, There were a lot of comments made on social media and by analysts about the fact that Jim Hiller was not afraid to scramble the lines. As the uh, games went on, though, it seemed to me that the scrambling and the jumbling of the lines became less and less pronounced. So looking at the lines tonight and who played the most minutes with whom, Moore, Deneau, and Fiala, no surprise at all. That line, 10 minutes, 48 seconds of ice time for your LA Kings at 5-on-5. 13 shot attempts for, 11 shot attempts against. Uh, They were pretty much what you'd expect uh, at this point from that line. Leferrier, Kopitar, and Kempe, 10 minutes and 12 seconds together at 5-on-5. That line struggled, 7 shot attempts for, 14 shot attempts against. Um, Anderson Dolan, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Quentin Byfield began the game together. 6 minutes, 25 seconds of ice time together, 4 shot attempts for, 3 shot attempts against. And the fourth line, Blake Lazat, Trevor Lewis, and Arthur Callia, four minutes, 51 seconds of ice time together, seven shot attempts for, four shot attempts against. Quentin Byfield was moved back up to the top line with Kopitar and Kempe for a minute and 40 seconds, according to what I'm looking at. Uh, generated zero shot attempts for, three shot attempts against. Actually, one site has them listed at two minutes, 10 seconds, so a little bit of a discrepancy there. Uh, Byfield also skated alongside Pierre-Luc Dubois and Arthur Kaliev for 58 seconds. Dubois, Byfield, and Moore had a shift together that resulted in that goal in the first period. Anderson, Dolan, Lewis, and Lazat combined for a minute and four together. So there was more jumbling uh, as this game went on. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I don't have uh you know, a, a insight to Jim Hiller's thought process, but it seemed to me that as the game progressed and the Kings were not gaining that third goal, they were not extending their lead. Uh, that's when the line changes seemed to start kicking in on the blue line. Gavrikov and Dowdy played 19 minutes and 21 seconds together at five on five. Jacob Muvarari and Matt Roy played 15 minutes, 22 seconds together at even strength. England and Spence played nine minutes, 12 seconds together at even strength and the rest of the pairs uh there were some you know momentary combinations of different partners but those three pairs played the vast majority of the game together you're listening to king's talk on the la king's audio network you can call in at 877 kings 20 877 kings 20 uh earlier this week we had an issue with the phone lines i don't know if we're having any tonight but uh 
Somebody call in and tell me what they thought of that game, please. 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. Don't make me resort to begging. I don't like to do it, but I'm not uh, above it. I will do it if I have to. Uh, Individuals in this game, in a game where the Kings generated uh, 40 shots on goal, as I said earlier, 40 shots on goal to 31 for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the individual with the most shot attempts for your LA Kings uh, at even strength, Phil Deneau with six. But if we take into account special teams play, Adrian Kempe with nine shot attempts, Kevin Fiala and Phil Deneau both with seven, Arthur Kaliev and Trevor Moore each with three. Those are shot attempts. High danger chances, Blake Lazat led the team with two. Um, and if you look at the heat map on natural stat trick, You can see a blue blob right out in front of uh, the Oilers' net where the Kings were driving, creating traffic. That's where both of their goals came from. Uh, Most of those shots, I feel like, came in the first and second period. That blob has not changed shape significantly since I checked it in the second intermission. Um, And you can look at the uh, game flow on natural stat trick. You can see that the third period is a steep incline in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. The Kings controlling play... um, the game, and I'm not the only one to have made this observation, saw a lot of people make it on social media, saw it in a few texts. Uh, the Kings failed to score on a five-on-three power play in the middle of the second period. And after the end of the second power play, uh, there was overlapping two-minute minors. It was pretty much Edmonton the rest of the game. At that point, the Kings had a 2-1 lead. And uh, with about 30 minutes left to go, Edmonton turned it on. Scored three unanswered goals, uh, all at even strength, to come away with a 4-2 win. Mark in Chatsworth has answered my <laughs> plea. Uh, thanks for calling in, Mark. What's going on? Eh, not so much. Just a disappointing loss. But it was still, uh, I think it was a good game by the Kings, even though we didn't come out with the win. It seems like, you know, the problems that we had uh, last month and all of the losses and all of the miscommunication are kind of uh, lessening now in the team seems like they're playing pretty well together a uh, couple of bad mistakes i think that was a pretty soft uh penalty against uh lewis there at the end but uh you know he did he did push a little bit on the uh on the boards there yeah and that uh, i believe was only one of of only two uh penalties called against the kings all game long so and uh edmonton didn't score on that power play so you know this this to me was not a game heavily influenced by the officials and to your point mark about the uh the the negatives that we saw they they definitely are less than they were um and the first 30 minutes of, i thought if not 40 minutes i thought this was a solidly played game by the kings but uh that was um a dominant performance by the oilers in the final frame of the game from my perspective yeah, what do you think is going to happen with the uh, Kempe thing? If he doesn't come back, you think they're going to move Byfield back up with Kopitar and try to fill in that spot? And uh, hopefully somebody, either way, are you going to bring somebody up from, uh, from uh, Ontario? That is the elephant in the room, Mark, and I have no idea. Um, their options are somewhat limited. Uh, the only yeah. player that is currently in Ontario that has any kind of NHL experience at all um, is Samuel Fogamo, or I suppose you could bring up like a TJ Tynan or a Hayden Hodgson. Um, my hunch is that they wouldn't want to resort to that in this situation. But if Adrian Kempe is out for any kind of extended period of time, 
they may have to get really creative with uh, with their solutions. And I could sit here and and speculate out a million different <laughs> routes that that could go, but I I'm not sure that any of that would be responsible on my part, Mark. So we're just going to have to keep an eye on that. But I appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you keeping me company here. Uh, Umar in Santa Clarita, how are you doing tonight? Hey, good, Jesse. Uh, I called you a couple of weeks ago when we were driving home from hockey practice. Oh, yeah, and, how um, are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. My son was listening upstairs on his uh, on his Google, and he said no one's calling Jesse. So <laughs> call <laughs> well, you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, of course, tough luck, but just like every other game, you got to move on to the next one and, and be ready. Hopefully Tempe is okay. And uh, if he's not, then maybe Blake can do some, you know, Vegas-style cap management and get somebody in there. Yeah, well, that's the that is part of what makes these losses uh, doubly frustrating is that there isn't anything to do about it except, as they say, park it and move on, and they'll get a chance to move on very quickly because they play the Calgary Flames tomorrow night in Calgary. Uh, obviously, we all hope that Adrian Kempe is available for that game against the Calgary Flames and won't be out for too long. But yes, if he is out uh, for a while, it does extend or, or, or expand the window of opportunity uh, for Rob Blake to be creative with his decisions moving forward. My concern is if Adrian Kempe is out for a uh, sort of medium-length amount of time, and should be clear, we don't know if he will or won't be. He could be back tomorrow night. We don't know. Um, but the trade deadline is looming. It's March 8th. And if the Kings go on any kind of skid at all, uh, the pressure on the front office to make a decision as to whether or not to move forward or retreat um, mounts. The the pressure gets really intense. So it was already a difficult spot. It was helped out by uh, the winning streak on the road with Jim Hiller as the coach. They had that uh, four-game win streak that that eased a lot of the pressure. Um, they're now 6-3 and three under Jim Hiller, but with uh, a couple of guys out of the lineup, we'll see how that goes. Umar, thank you for calling in and keeping me company. I appreciate it. Tell your son thank you uh, for <laughs> for making you do it. Julian in Whittier, what's going on tonight, Julian? Hi, good to talk to you again, Jesse. Well, I was really um, – I saw the first two periods, and I listened to Nick Dixon on the app um, for the third period because I had to leave, but – for the first two periods, honestly speaking, the Kings had the Oilers neutralized. They had them um, where they really couldn't do much. Um, and as the game continued on, it just seemed like uh, the Kings, they, they weren't able to capitalize on close, uh, you know, shots on goal. They, they weren't, uh, they couldn't get that third goal, you know. Yep. Um, but, but still... I'm not too disappointed with uh, the first two periods and, and how well they played because the Oilers, they weren't doing anything. They weren't doing anything, and um, uh, Riddick was making a whole bunch of saves. Um, and again, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, well, you know, uh, it, it's a low-scoring game, you know, and the Kings were on uh, the wrong end of it. Um, and I know that the Oilers lost the other night, right, to the Flames. Yep, they um, did. So, you know, um, who knows? Maybe it was just the law of averages. I don't know. Um, I know the Oilers wanted to stop their skid because uh, weren't they 4-5 and five before tonight's game or something like that? So they had been losing. Yeah, I think they were 4-5-1 you know? and one in their last 10, maybe. 
Yeah, so winning this game probably was, they probably thought in their minds they were overdue, but I, I don't think the Kings played that bad. I really don't. Now, I do think the Flames are going to uh, be a little tougher. I don't know. They're just really good skaters over there, but I, I sure hope the Kings can come out. Um, uh, just a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, one, um, you're going to update us on uh, Kempe, right? And uh, <laughs> the other one is um, uh, you'll give us an updated standings after uh, you wrap up or towards the end. Am I correct? Uh, well, I don't know that I was planning on doing a standings wrap up again because we went through it earlier. I can tell you right now, though, um, that uh, the Edmonton Oilers currently with 70 points, the Golden Knights with 71. Uh, the Oilers have two games in hand over Vegas. So if you're going by points percentage, Edmonton now uh, sits in the second spot in the Pacific Division. The Kings with 68 points, the Predators with 66, the Blues with 62, the Wild with 62. Uh, the Flames oh. with 61, and the Kraken, last I checked, were losing to Boston. Um, but they're so far back at this point that I wasn't really uh, too concerned with them. As for uh, Kempe, I imagine the very first question that uh, that Jim Hiller will be asked in the postgame is, any update on Adrian Kempe? And I imagine that the answer will be no, and that we will find out uh, either tomorrow morning or tomorrow evening uh how severe it is whether or not he's able to play uh if he's being sent back to la or not i i don't know any of that right now um so um and i do know that uh taylor robitaille and blake are talking amongst each other uh when you mentioned the trade deadline um i don't know what they would do but uh you know they're they're the the brass of the team so uh, we'll just have to see what what goes in regards to a possible trade. Uh, would you speculate at all on who or what their need is? Or I well, don't see a need myself. But. Honestly, I have heard from various different people, and I just mean fans, people covering the team, just random chit-chat. Some people think they need to upgrade the goaltending. Some people need, think they need to upgrade the defense. Some people think they need to upgrade the forwards. Um, you know, had Dennis Bernstein on all the Kings men this week, and he talked about the need for the team to acquire another winger, particularly with Victor Arvidsson out of the lineup. A lot of people think that they need to acquire another um, tougher, bigger, you know, I don't know what exactly, uh, player on the left side of the defense. And then obviously it's been a conversation all year long because they are spending so little of their cap space on goaltenders. There's been talk about needing to upgrade the goaltending position all season long. If Victor Arvidsson remains on LTIR, if Mikey Anderson is ever placed on LTIR, if Adrian Kempe requires LTIR, and this is all speculation, we don't know about Mikey Anderson, we don't know about Adrian Kempe, but if, 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 then at that point you're talking about uh, in the neighborhood of $10 million of cap overage, and at that point, oh. you can you can actually start talking about acquiring significant players because at this point, if we're talking about swapping out, you know, a fourth line player for a fourth line player, or you know, uh, uh, somebody on an entry level contract for someone who makes the equivalent amount of money, I don't think that that's the sort of change that's going to really do anything to the uh, you know to the fortunes of your team. But if the cards fall in that specific way that I laid out, 
then, like I said, you expand your window of opportunity to to do something significant. Whether or not they would want to do that, if those three things were to happen, because if those three things happen, you're you're missing out on a tremendous amount of talent on your roster. So, yes, it would give you the opportunity to be flexible, but at the cost of real life talent on on the ice. So, yeah. I don't know what the answer is, and like I said, it, it ultimately the end result is that it's just going to increase the pressure on the team between now and March March eighth, when three games ago, I think you could have argued that the pressure was almost completely off. Now it's it's beginning to creep back up. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with that. And just two more things. Um, I know Arvidsson, Victor Arvidsson, feels really bad about being out. He's been out for some time. Uh, and then regarding the trades, it also depends, I suppose, on where the Kings are in the standings. If they want to really invest uh, into uh, high-quality players at this, ha- at this uh, juncture of the season, wouldn't you think? I-, I would, and it's why a win tonight would have been so, uh, so I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, so... So desired because it would have put the Kings ahead of the Oilers. Uh, it would have given the Kings 70 points, a uh, one point behind the Vegas Golden Knights, would have dropped Edmonton into the wild card spot. As it is now, Kings have games in hand on almost everybody behind them in the standings, but Minnesota 7 2 and 1 in their last 10. Calgary Flames 7 3 and 0 in their last 10. The Nashville Predators 6 3 and 1 in their last 10. Um, the National Predators on a five-game winning streak, Minnesota on a two-game winning streak, Calgary on a three-game winning streak. So these are teams, and, and all of those teams, um, Julian, also have to make the same decision that the Kings do regarding uh, the trade deadline. So uh, unclear how it's all going to play out, but I appreciate you calling in, Julian. Always appreciate the call. Always appreciate the company. We are going to take another break here. When we come back, some final thoughts on the game and more of your calls. Kings lose 4-2 to the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. You're listening to Kings Talk on the LA Kings Audio Network here on iHeartRadio. This is Kings Talk, your post-game reaction to LA Kings hockey. Call 877-KINGS-20 on the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. You're listening to Kings Talk, coming to you live from Kings headquarters at Toyota Sports Performance Center in El Segundo, California. Final score from Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta. Your LA Kings 2, the Oilers 4. We're taking your questions and comments about the game, the team, and anything else on your mind. Call 877-KINGS-20. That's 877-KINGS-20. Don't have any uh, audio from uh, Jim Hiller, but we do have... Andre Kopitar speaking to Bally Sports following the game, so we're going to play a little clip of that right now. I mean, uh, honestly, I don't remember how how the game went in in LA, but uh, you know, we just uh, we we're playing better defensively, obviously. Um, and then there's just uh, you know moments in the game where we have a power play and we're uh, trying to get up 3-1 that that would have that could have been uh you know a big difference for us and we weren't able to score and on the flip side they, they get a power play goal about 10 seconds into their power play so um you know it's just when you get a five on three or a five on four you you got to make the most of it and uh we didn't 
Kobe, when you look at the, the start to the third period, the way that you guys played in the first 40, system structure looked very good. Does that make that maybe that much more disappointing to give up that goal early? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know it's a good shot from the point, really. Um, yeah, I should have been in, better in the lane and kind of discouraged that shot, but uh, you know, nonetheless, there's still 19 minutes left in in, uh, in the game that uh, you know you can come back from, but uh, you know, didn't create as much as we as we wanted and uh, didn't spend enough time in their zone. You've had years of experience playing against some of the best players in the league. How do you go about shutting down a line like the one that the Oilers have at the top? Well, limit time, time and space. Uh, very rarely you're going to shut them down, but you can. You got to try and contain them as best as you can. And uh, you know, no, for the for the most part, we, we were able to do it. But there was, you know, like I said, key moments in the game that uh, we didn't do it, and uh, the result was there. That was Captain Andre Kopitar speaking to the media following the Kings' 4-2 loss tonight at Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta. Kings lose 4-2, get goals in the first, well, one goal in the first period from Trevor Moore, one goal in the second period from Alex. Edmonton Oilers, Kings fail to score on a 5-on-3, and after that, Edmonton scores three unanswered goals to give them the 4-2 lead. Kings head to Calgary tomorrow, chance to redeem themselves, pick up two points on this three-game road trip through Western Canada. They have the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday before returning home to L.A. and Crypto.com Arena on Sunday afternoon. That's a 12-30 game against the New Jersey Devils. If the Kings uh, want to continue their push for a solid playoff spot and impress uh, not only themselves, but their opponents, and head into the playoffs on a hot streak. They are going to need some points on the remaining two games of this road trip. The Vancouver Canucks, however, uh, at least according to the standings, um, a very difficult opponent, if not the most difficult opponent in the National Hockey League. They lead the league at the moment with total points at 82. They are fifth i think in points percentage behind florida winnipeg new york and boston they are a plus 52 uh with a home record of 25 and 2 so the kings have their work cut out for them on the rest of this road trip through western canada before coming home for a five game homestand uh including the trade deadline on march 8th lot to look out for in the next 24 hours, a lot to uh, pay attention to. So uh, stay tuned to LA Kings social media channels and uh, tune in tomorrow for the pregame show, whether on Bally Sports or here on iHeartRadio for updates on all of those stories. That is going to do it for this edition of Kings Talk. Final score tonight from Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta. Your LA Kings 2, the Oilers 4. LA Kings Hockey returns to iHeartRadio tomorrow night when your LA Kings continue their three-game Canadian trip and look to put out the flames at Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary. Pre-game show begins at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Puck drop is scheduled for 6 p.m. here on the LA Kings Audio Network. You've been listening to LA Kings Hockey. For Nick Nixon, Jim Fox, Daryl Evans, Zach Dooley, Carlin Bave, Mark and Chatsworth, Umar and Santa Claridia, and Julian and Whittier, and of course our network producer Jeff Cabot, I'm Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll see you tomorrow night. Rebound!
You've been listening to Kings Talk along the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Follow the Kings all season long wherever you are. Downloading. With the LA Kings iHeart Audio Network. Download the iHeart app for free. And join us next time for the excitement of LA Kings hockey.